welcome to episode two of the One Shared Brain Cell podcast. Today's episode, well, every episode really, <laughs> I am joined by the amazing Fiona from The Spare Room. Say hello. Woo, hi. Perfect, oh, you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then the spare part of the stream. <laughs> 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 the person who does the most <laughs> the person who literally records and edits every episode yeah the spare part <laughs> is, is rich say hello hi oh my god i'm the spare room you're the spare part what's leah um, no longer a friend. <laughs> that, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. So on today's episode is why a tarantula makes a great pet if you do not have a pot to piss in. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it basically means you're skin and you've got no money. And we're going to be just basically talking about why a tarantula is a great pet when moths fly out of your purse <laughs> whenever you open it. <laughs> we will, since I was so mean to Rich at the start, calling you the spare part, how about you go first and maybe start off the discussion on why you think tarantulas are good when you have no money? For me, it's because like they cater for every budget, you know? Like if you've literally got six pound in your pocket you can buy a curly hair sling and curly hairs are amazing tarantulas they're like so underrated and you've got that pet for anything from like four six ten twelve years for like for six pound i know you probably probably shouldn't start with a sling but it won't do any harm it's like you know if you research well enough it's like you can get an amazing pet and you don't have to keep them in anything ground it's like what you can keep them in, it can be found in the home. As long as you've got done your research with substrate and what you keep them on, you can literally get a pet for a £10, and it's like a pet that's going to last for, like, death, for like 12 years if you've got a female or something. You know, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When I first got into the hobby, the majority of my enclosures were <clears throat> um, Tupperware, different types of Tupperware with ventilation holes in mm. them. Yeah. And, like, you know, when you can buy a, a tall, like, spaghetti container a clear one for three pounds yeah. drill the holes in and you're done yeah. that's almost part mm. of the fun like yeah you can get some amazing enclosures because i think leah you use um i want to say uh what are the posh ones yeah the really middle class ones yeah you use those you? <laughs> um, <laughs> literally yeah. someone's doing well yeah yeah <laughs> you've no right to be on this podcast um you, you are my, my enclosures are imported from germany i'll have you know <laughs> yes. I have a continental imported one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that's an amazing... The arachnosis are amazing. Yeah. And what are the American ones? Um, tarantula uh, cribs. Tarantula yeah. cribs, yeah. They're, they're got like, one of them as well. I've, I've got one of them as well. Just you saying. You I know. think I might have watched that unboxing video. <sighs> Do you remember back in the olden days, like about 1970, when Leah used to upload videos to YouTube regularly? Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. I think I watched it then. Um, <laughs> it was a long so... time ago. 
Um, I remember how much that tarantula cribs cost her as well. <laughs> I bet it did. Yeah. It, it is currently in use. Don't you worry. It's a it's a spare. It's got biscuits in it. It's a spare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have spare. My, my uh, tarantula cribs is just my, my spare. My, my spare enclosure. Yeah. Literally, yeah. £120 enclosure is a fucking spare. Yeah. So basically, what we've established is um, you can. A tarantula is a brilliant pets to keep if you've got a haven't got a pot to piss in as long as you've got 120 quid for a spare <laughs> enclosure so um <laughs> but no i mean it's, what i was saying was before i get back on track if you don't mind christ for christ's sake um those are amazing uh enclosures and i go somewhere middle around with the tarantula rooms because i think they're you know affordable and look nice enough but if you're on a budget and you're making an enclosure like Fiji said it's brilliant. It's so much fun. You make your enclosure for your, for your tarantula. It's like, and it's going to be perfectly suitable and it'll be fun making it. It's like, it, it's almost like the less money you have, the more enjoyable the hobby is in some ways. Yeah, because I mean, I I think every, I think at some point everyone's used some sort of Tupperware or something like that. I think most people have anyway. And there's something so satisfying about seeing this thing that you've made yourself. Because what is a tarantula room if not big Tupperware? Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all basically the same DIY. thing, aren't they? Yeah, just the, the only thing that um, differs is the the style of it and the, and the sort of opacity of the perspex. Yeah, and they're purpose-built, aren't they? Mm. Like, I, I'm very much like an Exeterra queen. I love mm. Exeterra. Yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> this is not an ad. Please, please, please this give is... me free exoterras. Yeah, because um, <laughs> we honestly we want to say we're not supported in this at all, but we'd really like three tarantula room enclosures, three exoterra enclosures, and <laughs> Leah's got enough money to buy her own anyway. So we don't oh, know right. <laughs> Leah's going to buy them for us, yeah, and then smash them all and buy them again. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep my socks in this one. This is my this is my socks enclosure. <laughs> All the way from Germany. <laughs> I do, do you know what? If Arachnosis sold in the UK, I think I would fully commit to Arachnosis. But I'm just yeah. not patient enough. And also you get to that point where you've got... You, when you buy your first couple, because you like them, and you don't realise how engrossed you're going to get into the hobby, mm. by the time you've started mm. buying your first couple, you want them all to match, mm. you, yeah. you've got to choose the right enclosure at the start because that's probably what you're going to stick with unless you've got the drive or the money to go, right, I'm ditching those 12 enclosures and buying yeah. 12 new ones, you know. It's... And to be fair, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of Exoterra, but I think they're great. Mm. They are overpriced. But you can pick them up. They don't have to be brand new, and you see so many of them. Yeah, to be honest, a lot of my bigger ones, like the ones I keep my crested geckos in and my gargoyle gecko, they're all secondhand. Um perfect and you know i pick them up for like 50 quid when they're like 200 pound brand new and i think the thing was i to a certain extent you get if you've got um say um a, a different brand say tarantula room or arachnosis or um tarantula cribs you're really only going to keep an invert in that so you're limited to where you're going to buy them second hand but with exoterra there are so many different keepers and so many different exotic pet hobbyists use them mm. as you've just said there's they're more plentiful secondhand, which is brilliant. <clears throat> Another thing we can think about is food. Mm -hmm. huh? how, how does that help? How does it help? Well, 
two there's two ways really i mean for me even when my um i hate to use the word collection but when my collection was at its largest i was only spending maybe 15 pounds a month on on live food and you know when you've considered if you're going to consider that at that point i was feeding about 80 tarantulas frequently um it was, which was before i got into breeding 15 pounds a month is, is not bad so if you're looking mm. at a much smaller collection of say between one and five you're going to be spending fiver a month because mm -hmm. for example yeah. we're at my reptile shop um it's and i see it frequently in other reptile shops you usually get like three live foods for like five six pounds mm, that's like right that. yeah 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 um <clears throat> and i find that um crickets they survive out of spite so i usually <laughs> oh. go <laughs> i i have to buy locusts because i've got uh bigger tarantulas and um other reptiles that like them but um generally for my inverts i try to go for crickets unless they're mantises and they have locusts but that's a that's a whole other thing <clears throat> crickets will survive a nuclear blast <laughs> i've got a pack of micro crickets that i give to uh, my slings and i think i've had that pack about two and a half weeks mm -hmm. i put i i do give them food and like um, the gel balls with the water in. Um, so, you know, they are, they are fed sort of thing. But even if you don't and you just leave them to die, they won't. I mean, <laughs> you've got to be a pretty rank keeper just to be like, right, once that's dead, done. But I agree with you. You know, you, you buy, and I where I buy mine, I think they are three packs for like six pounds. And you, you just pop your lettuce in, a little spot of water on it, and they last for so long. Mm. They just... Like I, I buy locusts because I think they're easier to handle, and I think my yeah. little ones prefer them. But yeah, you it just you, yeah you just doesn't it doesn't take much effort to make your tub of food last longer by feeding it and looking after it. No, yeah. so one thing that I do like about tarantulas, if you're like a little bit skint at the end of the month, say you have for example like an unexpected cost come in the month and that you couldn't budget for like maybe you know your car broke down unexpected vet bills you know your nan's died i don't i don't know what, <laughs> what people pay for <laughs> um oh, God. Uh, you may find yourself really stuck for money and maybe like the week before payday you can't afford to go out and buy bugs it's not ideal but your tarantulas will not die if you're one week late with their food. Yeah, yeah. You'd never yeah. think, oh, I can't bother to feed them this week. Yeah. But if you re if something else comes up and you really can't feed them that week, you're absolutely right. Mm. They will they will absolutely be fine until the next week, yeah. And there aren't many pets that will do that. There aren't many pets that will actually be perfectly fine. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you should never own an animal thinking oh fuck it if i can't feed it one week it'll be fine but i'm talking about like if you're really like fucked for money mm. and you're just like absolutely like just don't have the money mm. then you know one of the reasons tarantulas are a great option is because they are forgiving in that way and they you know they're not like i said they're not going to die if you're one week late with the food mm. Mm. yeah very forgiving it's and they're very hardy mm. Um, one other thing about feeders is that you can breed them yourself. So 
one thing that I have done in the past is I've bred lateralis roaches, which are the um, Turkish roaches, the orange ones. And then I've also, I've tried to breed dubia, but I, I just can't do it. So like, I'm not here to tell you like how to do it, but I know loads of people that have done it successfully. So that's something you can also look into. Um, my favourite thing is um, the amount of times you see somebody that wanted to type dubia, probably type dubia, but they end up talking about Dubai roaches. Dubai. <laughs> it's like, ah, the old Dubai roaches. And it's like, you know full well they typed dubia. Didn't check it. I saw, um, do you guys know Dubia Paul? Mm, He's no. one of the... Um, he he supplies supplies like any type of roach basically. I bought some off him loads and loads of times. He put up a meme once and it was like a picture of a dubia roach. He said, "This is dubia," and a picture of Dubai. This is Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. The sass. <laughs> Another thing, you know, when you've got those moths flying around out of your purse and you don't know what to do, let's talk about substrate because i mean i think all three of us use different substrates actually and for the most part for example most of mine are on cocoa fiber because i have a lot of dry species anyway i keep a lot of brackies so moisture isn't really an issue and one brick is like i think 199 two pound on swell reptiles you soak it you fill a whole bucket and out of one brick for that two pound, I could, I fill almost all of my juvenile enclosures. I fill all my sling enclosures mm. and then they don't, they don't need to be cleaned mm. out again. So mm. there's that. I just use sand. Stop you're it. Such, you're <laughs> such an annoying man. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm a cocoa fiber kind of guy. And oh, okay. it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm yeah. not. No. Yeah, no, I didn't think you were. You shouldn't look the sort. Use top soil. Does that mean? I don't know. What does it mean that I look like a good keeper? No, you look like Matt Lucas. <laughs> 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 it's so true. I do look like Matt Lucas. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, oh, I can't cope. <laughs> so, I, right, at the moment, I use Pro Rep spider um substrate okay because i'm lazy it's pre-mixed it's it's great it holds humidity but also you can pack it down right i'm not going to talk about pro rep because it's eight pound back what i used mm. back in the day before i became exceptionally lazy well i don't see myself as lazy i just more, have more animals to look after. yeah now. yeah um <laughs> cocoa fiber but i also used um chemical free topsoil and then i would vary the percentage whether the animal was fossorial dry more moist whatever um but a 10 liter bag of chemical free topsoil is like three quid in home home bargains um so you know and i and i used to get a block of cocoa um fiber and like you guys did the stuff you moisten and that was like three quid in my local reptile shop for so for like six quid I could, I could have probably done all eighty. And we're not saying that you should have no money and go and buy dozens of tarantulas because it's cheap. We're just sort of <laughs> saying, if maybe if you're like you're going in with friends, 
Like if you and a friend wanted to get into tarantula keeping, you could go halves on that topsoil. And between the two of you, you'd never have to, mm. you'd be, that would be your topsoil for as long as you wanted. You know? you know, and there are other options that are a little bit more expensive. Like, for example, if you're new to the hobby and you're not so confident on ratios and you're not really like, um, you know, super confident about what each tarantula needs, there are like pre-mixes out there. Um, like Pro Wrap and Habistat do one, but they they're more around the eight pound mark, which is still not break the bank. But you're no. gonna you're gonna get probably about a third of the amount than if you mix yeah. it yourself. But if again, if you're only buying one two tarantulas, then you that's that's perfectly fine. That's that's really not expensive. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about like what Habistat and Pro Rep as being expensive, and yet we're still talking less than ten pound. And yet we're talking about them being well. If you've got the money, buy this, and it's like it's eight pound. It's, yeah. it's brilliant, you know. It's like yeah. even the kind of expensive part of Dalby at this stage is eight pound. It's like you know, it's, mm. it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it is. You, you can genuinely do tarantula keeping really well on a budget, and you can get mm. and you get an amazing sling. Even if you if you weren't confident with a sling, you know, you you could go to many any of the many good reputable spider sellers tarantula sellers there are good um juveniles you can buy for less than 20 pound you know yeah absolutely 20 yeah. 30 pounds you'll get a good healthy solid size past that kind of because as you know i don't do stings i give all mine to you to look after um, <laughs> um you can put once they're past that delicate kind of like may die at any time stage um you can buy a good you know for less than 30 pound you can get a nice juvenile tarantula that's going to last you for long yeah yeah with the tarantula hobby you can genuinely make it as cheap or as expensive as you choose as you've got the budget for you mm. can go like all the topics we've touched on you can go the cheapest you know uh cocoa fiber brick you can go tupperware make it your own bit of cork bark you can even find that outside really you can make it as cheap as you wanted, or you can make it more expensive when you have the money for it. But the whole point of this discussion was sort of proving, or at least showing appreciation for the fact that the people that can't have cats and dogs and reptiles and all these animals that require a lot more care and a lot more investment, you can still own an amazing pet great i yeah. mean you can't cuddle it or sleep with it like you can a dog or a cat <laughs> <laughs> but you can still care for something and it's not going to break the bank yeah and you can easily you can do it anyone can do it yeah and sort of on that point of not being like a cat or a dog either one thing you can do is you can go on holiday or you can leave them alone so for example if you go on holiday for a couple days, a week, as long as you make sure they've all got access to water and they've all eaten before you go away, they'll be absolutely fine for that week. So it's That's not exactly like... what I did. <clears throat> yeah, I it's what I did. For a week and left them, yeah. Yeah, and um, you don't have to pay boarding, you don't have to worry about um, all those kinds of things. Um, you know, so... You know, that's another cost you don't really have to consider. Mm. Yeah, again, you wouldn't, you know, there's no other pet where you'd think, I can go away for a week and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I do mm. worry about them, but I worry about my cat who's staying with my sister. You know, I, mm. it doesn't, 
I just, I, I don't think any of us like being away from our animals. No. No. But, You're right, they're pretty, they are, yeah, they're, they're very happy just to sit there and do nothing for a week. In fact, they probably like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. Like, oh, Matt Lucas hasn't come in for a nose. <laughs> Before we digress any longer than we already have, <laughs> the next section of this episode is Keeper of the Week. And one of the first names that comes up when I think of someone to celebrate is Phil Barber. I don't think there's a single person in this community, apart from people who don't know him. They're not in the community then. Well, yeah. I don't think there's anyone who can say a bad word about Phil. He is... I'm always usually asking him stupid questions and he never ever refuses to answer. Even I know for a fact I've asked him questions and then a few months later gone, Phil, and asked him the exact same thing. And no matter what, he always is happy to help, no matter what. And he's just such a nice human. Like he's so like I don't I don't know him well, but he just gives off the vibe that he's just so giving and just kind. And I saw him, I'm pretty sure I saw I saw his parents. I saw I'm pretty sure I saw him at the Manchester show. I thought I've got to find him. And I didn't. <laughs> but because I I saw his parents and I was like, is Phil here? But then I didn't want to ask his parents and be weird and be like, Where's Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, looking for your son. <laughs> yeah, you're freak. Get away from us. Um, <clears throat> no, but there is there's no one that doesn't like Phil. He is incredibly knowledgeable. His brain is filled with information, and you could, I feel, you could ask him about tarantulas, other invertebrates, beetles, uh, mantids, stick insects, even like all these exotic animals from the zoo. He will know. He will know the answer, and if he doesn't know the answer, he will use, like he will use the tools that he has available to him to find you. The answer to your question mm. and he's a fountain of knowledge and i love it mm. i love picking his brain <laughs> when i first got onto instagram he was one of the first people that i followed and i remember when he followed me back and i was like oh my god this is iconic like i just i was so excited <laughs> and bringing phil into the topic of the podcast he recently uploaded a video I mean, if you're not already subscribed to Phil's YouTube, you should do that. But he recently uploaded a video where he went on a little trail walk around the forest near his parents' house, scavenging, 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 Jesus Christ. Scavenging. Scavenging. (laughs) He picked up, like, uh, mulch, leaf litter, another way. For you to cut down the cost, he literally went out into the forest and picked up things for free to put in his enclosures. We will link all of Phil's details, like his Instagram and his YouTube, in the description so you can all check him out. You definitely should. He's a great keeper and makes really good content. So, yeah. Moving on, we've had the highlight, we've had the topic the highlight which was phil 
now we're going to bring the mood slightly down and we're going to talk about the shitty keeping <laughs> that we've seen this week and I'm going to start it off by saying the shitty thing that I've seen is people that don't look after their live food. Ooh. Ooh. It's, Niche. It's a pet hate of mine. And do you guys share my hate? I think you've got a stick bit. You've got to put your lettuce in and you drop all yeah. water in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've got yeah. to do that. Yeah, I don't name them or anything. She has enclosures for a cricket, spare ones. Arachnosis. Yeah. Yeah. She ordered them from Germany <laughs> just to put a cricket yeah. in. <laughs> they, my crickets, currently have uh, glass nano exoterror enclosures with cricket bran, egg crates, and they get gut loaders from Shropshire Exotics. Nick, if you listen to this, his gut loaders are excellent. The crickets go absolutely nuts. I give him fresh food, fresh water, in little tiny bowls, also from Shropshire Exotics. <laughs> Anyway. The thing is, right, the uh, the reason I couldn't give, the reason I couldn't do that, right, is because I will get attached to them, mm. because this <laughs> happened, this happened to me, okay? I bought 10 hissing cockroaches to feed to my SCAL and my HMAC adult, because locusts just weren't doing it for them, they, something else. Anyway, I kept them. They screamed at me sometimes. I gave them food, water, and they became pets. I couldn't feed them to my animals. <laughs> I can't oh. do it. So now I have a bug drawer, and I, like, give them water, Stop give it. them some lettuce, and that's where they stay. I can't get attached to them. So... so it's an interesting balance, then, between... But there's something weirdly kind of like... Um, that weird dilemma of these are animals, I'm going to feed them. I want them to live as long as they can mm. so that I can feed them next week to my beloved tarantulas. But you don't want to get attached to them. You know, you certainly never name them, do you? It's like... I think you have to be weird to name mm, them. I don't know what, how you get what, attached to them. I fucking hate my crickets. I fucking hate them. They are the bane of my existence. And I, uh, I find satisfaction. And every now and then, when I'm picking up my crickets, ready to feed everyone. One of them will just particularly annoy me, and I'll go, hmm, volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you buy silent crickets and they aren't, in fact, yeah. silent at yes. all? Yeah, it's absolute bollocks. I want to march back to the shop. Listen to that. <laughs> Listen. Listen to this! Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind it, but it does my husband's head in. The only time it really jars me is when I'm, like, filming or something, and all you can hear is... Burp, burp, burp. <laughs> Just to clarify, I don't mean, you know, you have to treat your life food like royalty, but, you know, the people that leave them, like, from the day they buy them, they don't feed them, they don't water them, any of that, they just leave them in their own filth. Mm. That makes me uncomfortable, because you want to feed the healthiest possible food to your animals, and, yeah, it bothers me. What's yours? Um, well, mine isn't like a keeping practice. Mine is something that irritates the shit out of me. And it's been said to me by so many people, particularly Paul Ferrari. 
Um, I'm naming and shaming. Um, naming and shaming someone that literally no one knows. Yes, I'm, na- I'm naming and shaming someone that no one is going to know, so it's fine. Fucking Paul. Fucking Paul. <laughs> um, and this is it. This is how it goes. Oh, do you ever put them in together so they can fight? Oh, yes, yes, God. of course I do. And people, oh, you've got tarantulas. Oh, do they ever fight? Do you want to put them all in, in one? It's like, you fuck off. No, I love each one of them separately. Why the shit would I want to um, to put put them in together so they can harm each other? It's like, mm. you moron. Do you feed your dogs up so you can make them fight your pets? Mm. It's like, no, no, you don't. They just don't get it. It's like, you wouldn't say that about, you wouldn't say that about a cat. No. It's just that that's my, it's not a keeping practice, it's... Just a, a sort of really annoying thing people say. Shitty thing, yeah. Yeah. I find there's a whole section of YouTube that, um, you know, when like you're watching a video and all the suggested ones are down the side. Mm. Annoyingly, quite often, if I'm watching like a good video, um, down the side, just because they're linked by the word tarantula, you'll get the tarantula versus. Oh, I hate those. Oh. And like, I never ever watch them because it's horrendous. But like. Like the thumbnails alone, like had me in tears. Like yeah. I was watching, uh, can't remember who I was watching the other day, but um, there was a thumbnail of um, it was a fonopelma, so it's not going to be aggressive um, versus a Pac-Man frog. I, I'm upset mm, even hearing about that. Mm, like it's horrible, absolutely horrible. And I think the likelihood is that the Pac-Man frog will eat the fonopelma, but if it doesn't. That frog will probably die from the bite. Horrible. If it envenomates. It's so upsetting. And there's loads, there's loads like um, <clears throat> tarantula versus camel spider versus. Uh... Oh, there was that horrible thumbnail of a tarantula versus a live mouse. And I just think, like, how are you sitting there and filming that? It's sick. Yeah. yeah. You, would, you mm-hmm. wouldn't put, like, you wouldn't put a rabid dog in with a little tiny cat and just film it and be like, oh my God, look. Mm. It's, it's it's beyond mm. that. It's below that level where people think it's perfectly acceptable. Like where it is, it's, be, it's below the level of what people consider to be unacceptable. So it's fine. It's like it's perfectly fine to see these two creatures battle it to the death because I don't it's like only them. a torrential. I hate it. I, I'm, it's upsetting me mm. just thinking about it. Mm. It's, it's ho- really absolutely sad. horrible. Yeah, yeah, the video, wankers, absolute wankers. The video with the mouse was a pokey versus a mouse. And I just made me fucking angry. Anyway, yeah. Um so it's not even it's not even trying to imitate the wild because it's just throwing together yeah. random things and seeing who comes out last. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then so I'm dressed like, yeah, but you feed your tarantulas uh locusts. Well, yeah, but you know, that's what they eat in the world. That's what they eat in the world, yeah. No, I mean, my friend's got a dog, a most amazing dog in the world, loveliest dog in the world, Ronnie, Ronnie Doodle, my nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably got he's probably got beef in his wet food. Now, are you telling me that he's going to go out and hunt a cow? Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. the, 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 what you feed an animal to sustain it is relates in no way to justifying being able to put that animal in a combative situation. Yeah. You cannot justify com- the glorification of animals fighting 
because you feed them something else that also exists. You can't do it. But it's it's one. It's the argument is very simple. Is is it necessary? Yeah, it yeah. is necessary for a tarantula to eat life because they respond to that yeah, stimuli. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, only smaller and tarantulas are gonna like are gonna feed off um, pre kill. Mm. Um. Yeah. It's... I love how much fun this week's episode is it's, God, it's I feel sick now. it's, it's yeah. an emotional roller coaster this episode i feel <laughs> yeah it really is yeah i think sometimes you can only add so much depressing content into something that's quite enjoyable yeah yeah anyway please yeah. keep listening <laughs> <laughs> well you should keep listening and i'm going to tell you why because to end the show tell us why leah <laughs> tell us Tell us why. We are going to answer your burning questions. Oh, yeah. So, on Instagram, we ask you guys to send us over some questions on just things you'd like to know. And Fiona and Rich don't know this week's question because yours truly has chosen it. And it was one that we got asked twice. So, the question is, I will take it to Fiona first. How how did you get how did you get here? Well, it all started many moons ago. I have always, always, always been interested in tarantulas my whole life. If you um, you know ask any of my childhood friends or my parents, like I was always reading books about tarantulas. I was always really interested in like creepy animals and things like that. And like I used to keep spiders under my bed. And I remember once I captured this really nice orange and tan tarantula that I kept for ages. And then I found out it was the only venomous tarantula in the UK. And probably at six years old, I shouldn't. That's shouldn't crazy. Be hand- you mm-hmm. thought it was a woodlouse tarantula. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, I know which one you mean now. Yeah, and um, but yeah, and I was I, I remember being really proud that I'd caught and was keeping this tarantula, and I took it to school with me, and I kept it under my bed, and I think a lot of this was spurred on by the fact that my mum is so scared of spiders that she has a panic attack at the word spiders, and so it kind of made it this like morbid curiosity for me because we weren't allowed to talk about this animal at all and if there was ever one in the house I was as the eldest child as a person had to come and get rid of it and things like that um and so yeah I've always always sort of been interested in them so come come now with me to the pandemic and uh I I thought I had COVID so I put myself in the spare room which was a spare room had a bed and I, whilst I was waiting for my test results to come back, I started binging YouTube and I got onto Tarantula Cat and I literally binge watched her whole channel. And from there, then I saw her do um, a joint video with the Dark Den. I saw her watching him and then I started following the YouTubers and then I found Tarantula Collective. I found Tom Moran's podcast and things like that. But I was literally like binging this through the night. Um and I actually thought to myself, this is actually really easy. It's really easy to keep tarantulas. And that was probably like October time. So between October and the end of January, I basically binge watched The Dark Den. Um, and then the end of January, I sort of convinced my husband 
please can I have a tarantula, please? And then I came home with three. Nice. <laughs> I came home with a T. albopilosus juvenile, which is Pikachu. A green bottle blue sling, which is Saranya. Still got her. Nice. And very foolishly, a piece Lotheria rufolata sling. Stop it. <laughs> Way to go. And to be honest, that, that was stupid of me. But I had seen these pokies on the dark down. I was like, oh, my God, they're like famous tarantulas. You know, they're like, it's almost like seeing a celeb when you, you get into the hobby for the first time. And I was really, really lucky that, um, I don't know. I was as confident as I was. I was more confident than I should have been, absolutely. But I think that sort of carried me through any problems that I may have had. But he matured really quickly and went off for a breeding project. But yeah, Saranya, I still have. Nice. That's sweet. Nice. All my friends and family were saying, like, you know, don't get them. If you get them, I'm not coming to your house again, blah, 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 blah. And I just thought that I spend a lot of my time doing a lot of things for other people. And I wanted, I really, really just wanted to do something different for myself. And that wasn't like going to the gym or dressing slightly differently. Because most of those things in my life are motivated by outside sources. And I think this was the first thing I did for myself in a long time that was just for me and no one else mm. and it's never made me happier fantastic mm. never that, that that last sentence is, is was just literally made it all perfect mm. never made you happier nice rich ah uh, my friend lewis had tarantulas and i fancied one so i bought one <laughs> <laughs> so you ask leah how did you get to the hobby <laughs> Ask you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, my answer is just irrelevant. It's fine. Well, for those of yeah, you that do care, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. tune in next week. No, go on, Leah. Go on. Uh, do you know what? I'm Leah, not far Leah, off. How, how did you get into the hobby, you prick? Oh, well, thank you for asking. See. One sec, Leah. <laughs> yeah. How did you get your first tarantula? Like, what, what prompted you? Oh, I'm so unprepared for this question. You guys have just sprung it on me. Hmm. Well, <laughs> it's not far off what Fiona said. I mean, my mum doesn't like spiders, but not that part of the story. <laughs> the part where when you find these videos on YouTube, rehousing my giant tarantula, and one day you just think, that's weird. Let me click on that. And you watch the video and you think, holy shit, I have never seen a giant, I've never seen this animal portrayed in such a way. Yeah. Like, until until you see it. Because I feel like YouTube is one of the biggest outlets for this hobby. Mm. Well, at least that's how I discovered it. And... It just blew my mind and then, yeah, went down that same rabbit hole, saw all these YouTubers, watched all these videos. Um, the first account I ever watched was Tarantula Addict. And I don't think he makes videos like he used to anymore. 
but he was he was the first and I was just obsessed and I've always loved creatures I've always loved animals like my entire life always since a baby and um you know in the summer it would my sister who's older than me she'd be going out playing with her friends this me with a little tub that I stole from the kitchen without my mum knowing collected all the ladybirds in the front of the garden in a little tub <laughs> and I'd bring them back in <clears throat> and my mum would be like well there goes another tub <laughs> and that, that was that was me and you know I used to keep snails anything I found in the garden I'd bring in same as what same as what you said and my parents god bless them were so lenient even though they didn't like tarantulas my mum used to keep reptiles when she was younger so that was no issue but a giant spider in the house is a bit of a it's a bit of a thing <laughs> they allowed it as long as it stayed in my room and I paid for it and looked after it, great. So my first tarantula was gifted to me when I was 18, no? Yes, for my 18th birthday. So that was four years ago. And it was a grammar stola pulchra female juvenile. Mm. And when I tell you, I was infatuated this, I was so in love with this little black fluffy creature and she was a sweet, like, she was such a sweetheart. The only tarantula I've ever handled. I handled her twice, way back when. And I just, I didn't think I could love a spider as much as I loved Saskia. And that was it. I was hooked. That was it for me. Hooked. And that's why... Yeah, that's why I love Flo. Rich as low because she reminds me so much. I've got a pulchra as well. She didn't mention her. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I've got a cute little story. Um, I have a pulchra as well. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a cute little story. Um, Fee's got a pulchra. Um, Fuck my pulchra. Fuck my pulchra. (laughs) That's an amazing album, actually. If you're into thrash and death metal, you need to get that album, Fuck My Pulchra. Um, my nephew, who is early 30s, he's got a couple of kids. And the kids are like seven or eight and, and four and five. He's, he, they, they, if he's listening, he knows how useless I am at remembering things, even important things. Um, and they came around to my place and they saw the tarantulas and they were like, oh, they're amazing, they're amazing. And they, they sort of pestered their mum and dad, my nephew and his wife. Um, and they are, my nephew and his wife, I love them so much. They're amazing people, amazing parents. And they pestered, they, they, especially the older son, That they pestered him them so much to get one. Eventually they said, yes, okay. So I bought them a, um, a, a, a Calcodes, a Final Fantasy Calcodes, because I think they're an absolutely amazing starter tea. And then about a couple of months ago, I, that was last year, and this year, because I'm terrible at remembering birthdays, I buy one present a year, and it's usually something they really want. And this year, they wanted another tarantula, so I bought them a, a sort of large juvenile curly hair, mm. and they'd only had it a week, and it molted. Mm. And my great-nephew, my nephew's oldest son, who's, who's eight-ish, took the malt to school in a jar, and apparently everyone was fascinated. 
Aww. he was saying, apparently everyone was like, oh my God, you've got a tarantula. And apparently he was scaring all the girls with it as well. <laughs> and how brilliant is that? Like, kids are just like, the boys were fascinated, like, what is that? Oh my God, mm. a tarantula. And the girls were like, oh, get it away from me. So, of course, it was like, <laughs> it just sounded so sweet. It just reminded me of just like uh, the joy of just tarantulas. It's like yeah. in so many ways. My stepdaughter made her class listen to a PowerPoint presentation on tarantulas. Literally, like, made the PowerPoint and then was like, Miss, let me show the class something. That's why my nephew's son took his to school for show and tell. So he took it to school for show and tell, and it just turned into a thing, which is brilliant. I honestly, I love watching kids interact with animals that they're taught Mm. are scary. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally, like did my mum's head in once. I found this massive blue bottle fly and I just learned about cryogenics and I think I was about 11. Um, So I put this live fly in the freezer so that I could slow its body down. And then I took it out the freezer once it had gone to sleep and I tied a little bit of string around its neck and then it woke back up and I had a fly on a string. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Is that true? That is amazing. God's honest. It was, you know, um, so in thread, it was that, and my mum was livid because I was going around. I was like, Mum, I've got a fly on a string, and she's like, Shut, shut up, no, you haven't. And I was like, No, look. And she, and then obviously I told her how I how I had come come to have this fly on a string, and she was less than amused. That's amazing. That is seriously like evil scientist. Like, I can't you know, go. Ju- junior evil scientist. Literally two minutes in the freezer. Cannot, cannot fault that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The skill of tying a tiny little lead around a mm. tiny little that's, line. That's a really good point. The the the, the unspoken <laughs> levels of skill catching a live blue bottle. Amazing. Leah, would you like to tell us about any animals you've ever frozen for fun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so happy. Oh, I remember this time I saw this dog and I thought, oh, I want to freeze that. Hey, look, oh, it came back God. to life and then I lost it outside. <laughs> you love with the string still attached. Yeah. Because it was so. It's a fly. Can you imagine? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, you're sat by the beach with your portion of chip <laughs> and a fly comes over. <laughs> Sits on your chip. <laughs> you think, oh gosh, why does that fly have a leash on it? And then I'm running across the beach. Stop that fly! <laughs> Stop it. I'm actually crying. Oh wait. Well, what I like the idea of as well is that fly lands with this little bit of string tied around its neck, and someone's sitting there thinking, Oh my god, that fleece tried to kill itself. <laughs> it's like oh, it tried hanging itself and it it survived. But oh why? I didn't know flies can have depression. All his fly friends looking at him thinking, oh going to, Dave's going to some kinky shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a Tory. <laughs> Dave's a Tory. Dave's a Tory fly. So Thank you everyone for listening. We've been on we've been on quite the journey this episode. We've done moths in your purse. We have done Phil. And we've done flies on a string. 
And that brings today's episode to an end. Do not forget, on Monday, we will be asking for more listener questions. So pop in your question if you have it. We will be leaving Phil's details as well. So make sure you check those out. And thank you for listening. All right. See you yeah. soon, guys. All right. Thank see you for hosting us, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.